Welcome to Safe House. Welcome to the Safe House studio. I don't know what episode this is. Welcome to Safe House. I'm back. Fabulous. It's a completely safe space for you to talk about whatever you want. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can bleep shit out. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. (laughs) Okie dokie. Right. Here we go. Um, welcome to Safe House. I don't know what episode this is. We'll find out. Um, but in the studio, I have uh, Mister. Am I going? What pronouns do you use? Uh, he, his, they, them. Just kind of that kind of thing. Okay, gorgeous. <laughs> the gorgeous creator, Aidan Reese, is Corey. Hello. <laughs> have I said that right? Did I get your surname? Yeah, right? Aidan Reese Corey. The last name gorgeous. like is spelled weird compared to how it's said it's not like c-o-r-e-y how it should be but yeah do you know what i read it and i got it right so <laughs> Top we'll, we'll go with that one we'll go with that one um so would you like to give the audience a little bit of a an, a bit of a who you are and and what you do Just oh totally um uh, i'm kind of like a i always find it hard to summarize my art in one kind of like photography design that kind of thing so i kind of go for like visual artists as the kind of broader term because I basically make art pieces that could be used as fashion pieces that could be used as performance pieces um that, that have been that have, that been. have been yes um but they mainly revolve around taking a standard motorbike helmet and then making it as mm-hmm. queer and as cool and as out of the box as possible uh-huh. that's about it oh and I'm also a cover girl <laughs> Absolutely, and we will get into all of that a little bit later <laughs> on as well. Don't you worry about that. Um, so, I when I when I asked you to to come on the show, the show, <laughs> the, to come into the Save Our Studio, um, I was a little bit like. So usually when I when I contact people, I'm like, okay, I'm contacting them for this reason. They do this, and um, and then I know what I'm going to talk about. But with you, I feel like it, exactly what you said is that that you can't really pinpoint what it is and it it's mm-hmm. it's visual and it, it's an experience more than anything i think i like, like that for... <laughs> I'll, I'll you can i'll copy that i'm definitely gonna use experiences in the future absolutely <laughs> absolutely because it's, it's not just because when i when i look at your pictures mainly i get the the images from instagram that's where mm-hmm. i've seen your work most um and from what i can see there's so many different textures and so many different media that you use it's not just it's not just like flat art on a like 2d art on a canvas it like it is an experience that's why i use that word because it has movement to it and it has like different different media yeah i love it it's great yeah i think yeah like i said like when i started off this podcast like they are it's really hard to describe it in one word so i think i'm not checking my website out in a while but i think on my bio i've got like i'm a Photographer, performance artist, uh, sculpture artist, graphic designer, like six things. And I'm just like, it's way too many things. It's like visual artist kind of. It includes, includes everything. You can just put, cross, cross it all out and put, I'm an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let me, I always ask my guests, uh, because being creative is so expensive. Uh-huh. And obviously some creatives have the the pleasure and the uh, the... I guess, privilege of being able to do it full time. Is there anything that you do outside of being a creative? So I, 
I have a full time, like I call it kind of the professional job, but I I kind of government job. I'm torn between yeah, I'm torn between calling it my professional job because then that kind of like degrades the artist professional job. So I I, yeah, um, I have kind of like my my money making job, and then I have like the art career job. So um, I moved to London because I got a a job offer um, in London, and then also it just timed well. I graduated from my masters and then moved to London then the pandemic hit so I didn't really have much time to make full throttle of the experience <laughs> well I think you did a good job I think you've done a lot <laughs> I, I speak a lot in the in the podcast because it's this podcast comes as kind of like a retrospect to um to the pandemic it's kind of come straight after <laughs> and I did the first season during so they both have a very different narrative to them um mm-hmm. and a, a lot of people that I've spoken to have said that and it and it shows that they have done so much with their time during the pandemic, despite its like restrictions and stuff. Um, yeah, no I think exception, um, little miss. <laughs> I think that the, the first maybe like eight months, um, I couldn't really go do anything with my art because basically I work at a university, and I at the time I was working in the accommodation for a university. So imagine oh my gosh. like figuring out who's got COVID in our halls, like who is where, that kind of thing. So like I was working like overtime quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I had my pieces from my masters, which only consisted of nine helmets at that point. And then I think it must have come to about uh August, maybe like September time in the first like wave of the pandemic. And then I thought, you know what, I need to start making again. And then I think I'm on like 30 now that are like she's doubled she's doubled in size (laughs) she's a mammoth (laughs) she's a mammoth i love it that's fabulous that's amazing honestly it's crazy like what it did i think loads of people were feeling the pressure of like you saw online everyone was saying you need to come out fully fledged this or you need to have i don't know perfected this skill and whatever and people did but I think it was in spite of what was being said rather than like going along with it, if that makes sense a little bit. Oh no. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there was some pressures in a sense, but then sometimes you sort of ground yourself and be like, there's still time. Like the pandemic wasn't going to get going anywhere at that point, but there was still time even post pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So moving on a little bit, I wanted to talk about specifically what you do as a creative. So I I know personally, just from following you and being a fan of your artwork, that it hasn't always been, um, you mentioned helmets. Helmets play a massive part in, in your your creativity. Um, but I know that it wasn't always that. So I want to know how different, there's a few questions in this. <laughs> so... <laughs> how far removed from how your artwork started is what you do now and what made you go into what it is that you do right now and you can explain what what it is that you do in that if that makes sense (laughs) okay um so as most creative people like i was drawing from like a really young age i always talked about the took art classes wherever i could or like design or media or anything to kind of do that like like, gcc's a levels and then um i think if i look back at my artwork before like pre-helmet mm-hmm. let's call it um <laughs> there... euphemism intended <laughs> <laughs> i i hate it all really? <laughs> i really hate it all yeah and um 
so I did six years at university studying art. Uh, so I did like a foundation. I did four years studying contemporary art illustration with a placement year in it. And then I did my master's in fine art. Yeah. And I think when it got to, I was just making like such shit, like, you know, the like usual thing, you know, when people have like the bingo card of like graduate art shows, yeah. where it's like, I was the one who did like the fallen angel kind of vibe okay. and that kind of shit. Um, My favorite is this, the uh, Central St. Martin's um, graduate bingo card. Cause uh, it makes me crazy because they're all so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> totally and i was thinking about oh yeah i, I the one thing i want to be is not a bingo card placement <laughs> i mean uh, from what you from what you're telling me you were but you definitely yeah i was certainly yeah. aren't now definitely definitely <laughs> and then i think at some point i during my ba when i did my placement year i thought okay i need to kind of think about how to make money being an artist and how to do that so i went to huddersfield university um which is like a ditch in the north but like the university is like incredible um yeah. and i did a place in, an enterprise year where it's basically the university will give you 500 pounds to start your own business for a year and they give you business consultants and stuff like that okay so I thought, okay cool i will like try and be an illustrator for a year and like see how that goes kind of thing and yeah. i think over the course of like nine months that the like the year was um i probably made like 300 quid <laughs> Oh, bless you. I mean, it's something. I, at least like, I didn't make any, nothing. But And then that year kind of like pivoted me to be like, okay, this is not what I want to do. Sometimes so, you need that though... as well. Sometimes no, yeah, you definitely. need to know that something isn't... Uh, it, it's better than learning nothing, basically. Exactly. Um, and I did learn stuff like how to like, do a website, like pricing, that kind of thing. Um, but then when it got to my final year so i came back from this placement and i was like illustration no thank you i came back and that year was kind of where i really grew into my queerness in a way and i think that's okay. from that point onwards i was like one i did a set of five pieces back then and one of them was like a circle picture frame that i put around myself with 12 selfie, selfie sticks coming out mm -hmm. of it with lights shining back on me in a gimp mask yes naked from the bottom down with glitter all covered over me in a basement smoke machine like that kind of thing i had like this huge like yeah. probably two meter wide brim hat with fur dicks coming off of it um and just like loads of stuff from there and then from that point i just got into the groove of like right okay i really want to make all this like queer like crazy fashionable trash yeah do you know what though it, it goes the saying of like one man's trash is another man's gold the mm -hmm. I, would you say that your queerness is the reason why you found your groove do you think that like you came into your creative self and let, what led you towards where you are now because of your queerness i, I kind of i think i get where you're going so like how how big a impact my queerness is on how i yes. to the artist i am yes, today exactly in a way. exactly yeah so I really didn't like have like that many gay people around me at university. Like the Huddersfield University like was a small university to start off with and even like the queer like one. And even on an art course, you would expect 30% to be like least. queer in some sort of way, at least. And th there must have been like two. Oh my God. And that was it. So I couldn't like, have that kind of like bounce off of someone. But then um, at one point, 
we had a guest lecturer called who was an artist called Thomas Yeoman. He's a queer artist, and he obviously I actually the opportunity to talk to him about my work, and he invited mm-hmm. me to a queer performance night in London called Future Ritual, and I think it was in this night. It was in um, Dalston Superstore. In I love Dalston Superstore. Uh huh. <laughs> so I spent like, many a nights in there <laughs> making art of my own uh-huh and then you got like the little stage bit i was just like surrounded by people and then these like just crazy performances and just so like out there like bdsm and then ritual yeah. and then people like walking on stones with their like bare hands and knees and i, I think that kind of like was the pivot point of being like whoa i'm limiting myself stuff quite a lot to just photography and making this stuff and photographing it whether it's like so many different outputs I got told as well that like I've I like I hadn't really found my tribe in a way as a queer person by not being like okay. exposed to like other queer people around me and not having that kind of thing and then that's like when I ended up doing my MA at DMU and I rekindled a friendship with our mutual friend Dan. Um, and that that is the origin. That, that is, is the, the origin, origin story. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, me and him just like hit off and then it was just great to be around someone who's so unapologetically queer and like such a good queer artist as well. Absolutely. Another another member of the Safe House family mm-hmm. as well is, is I mean, I know her as my gorgeous drag mother <laughs> Rain, uh, but it, Daniel Sykes. Um, absolutely the exact same experience that I had. She opened me up to a world that I had no idea existed and I thought I knew what queer was or at the time I was like yeah gay like that's but it doesn't even encapsulate what doors she had opened for me and I think a lot of people a lot of queer people have Mm -hmm. that where they find their tribe which I think is what you did in that instance as well yeah no definitely I mean, definitely in Leicester of all places (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) I mean like Leicester like had a good like handful of like good queer people between like what two yeah. three three bars when you think of other like <laughs> alternative queer venues you get such mm-hmm. a plethora of different kinds of queer people and i think that's when you you the door is open for you to for you to find a <laughs> tribe and if you remember back did you come to queered no i didn't um because it was on my birthday <gasps> it wasn't the yeah it's and... the 13th of february no the um the one in November. I'm sure it was November. Oh, I'm lying. I'm lying. There was one in November. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm thinking that the the heartstrings of Valentine's show. But yeah, I, um, I wanted to go um, because me and Dan, like, we first thought of the queered idea um, during um, when I was on my MA and we just like would go to, um, I can't remember the pub on the river at DMU, but we'd go there and then just... It's called, it's called sour something or sore, sore, sore point. point yeah um sore point. But yeah we just like started talking about like Leicester needs something and then I think me moving to London and then just not being in a constant physical presence for the next process yeah. of it kind of like pushed me back out of it and obviously like starting a new job and everything but, but do you know what the the as you say the idea that Leicester needed something and it did because Queered gave me what I needed. Mm-hmm. And although you weren't there physically, it was yours and, and Rain's brainchild. So you gave me what you had from the queer artist that lectured you. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of, you kind of have given that to me as well as Rain. So Passing on that button. <laughs> 
Exactly, exactly. And I think that's what that's what we all do. And that's what your art does as well. Um, uh, you've obviously had it on. It's been... What am, I, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to find words. It's now been broadcast on bigger platforms, as we will delve into. Mm-hmm. But queer art like that does... does have an have an effect on people and, and that's why i will stand by my my description of it as an experience because it is <laughs> it is <laughs> um do you have anything more to say on that on that topic um no but i'm sure we'll go back to it it will definitely be brought up at some point <laughs> again oh no absolutely absolutely so obviously i've been following you for ages and i've seen all of your all of your artwork um my personal favorite of the of the helmet series is the can i guess oh okay okay go on i'll let you guess so i know that at the point where heartstrings no not heartstrings the queered where it was on zoom i'm gonna have a reference i'm sure it was the hair one right okay but then um, you don't want to see that one right now. That has been like bundled like a wig in a bag. The green in one. In the closet for like, yeah. Okay. So she's she's knotted. She needs a tangle teaser. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think your favourite would be the... It's a really simple one. It's really, it's not, it's not like, it's not as extrusive. Is that a word? I feel like that's a word. It doesn't, it doesn't... More subtle. Yes. It's a more subtle one. I would call it subtle. For queer, it's quite subtle. <laughs> You're going to disagree with me now. Um, okay, I, I was going to say that it was going to be the the black and gold beaded one, but I don't think that's... Not true. Subtle. Not true. Okay, which one? It's the acrylic nail one. Oh, okay. And because we've spoken about this and you told me how many nails you use, so for, for reference, without being able to see it for the audience's uh, benefit... This is a motorcycle helmet that is is completely covered in acrylic nails of different colours. <laughs> mm-hmm. And at yeah. first sight, you might not think <laughs> the amount of nails that's on it. Can you remember the, the exact number? <laughs> yeah, so um, it was 1,800 because I brought the nails from Primark, obviously for a pound. Yeah. Um, and then I think each pack like contains 24 nails and then i brought 75 pounds of nails <laughs> oh my gosh oh my lord i know Talking how about it... expensive artwork <laughs> i know i know how hard is it primark nails did you say yeah i will stand by primark nails and the nail glue as well i can't imagine you used actual nail glue <laughs> i guess i i gave like obviously i had like about 75 packets of this nail glue yeah i think i gave um rain about 20 <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have all this glue. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know how hard it is to get on ten nails on my hand, so I can't even begin to imagine the the stress and the anger. <laughs> well, I was using um a hot glue gun. Like a hot glue gun is like you know how they say diamonds are a girl's best friend. A hot glue gun is Aiden's best friend. Like... I think it's a gay's best friend. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you can w- work wonders with a glue gun. Working with a glue gun though, with acrylic nails, are a pretty shit quality because they're Primark. When I put the glue on, it would melt the nail. No, it's kind of like a time thing. Like I've also got the one that's made out of wax, which I mean, melted nails sounds kind of like that sounds really cool. No, it could work. Like uh, you know how they do like melt the wax crayons and like make it into like a cool marble effect, maybe. Because <laughs> I've seen the candle one. So the candle one is completely covered in wax, and there's candles coming out the top. Very yeah, like cr- a very crown. Yeah, um, but I was sticking the 
the actual candle sticks on with a glue gun. So I'd put a glue gun and the candle would slowly start to melt as I'd push it down. Oh, so I was like trying to put on the glue when it was like kind of more tacky. And then once I stuck them all on, I literally had a saucepan full of melted wax and just kept pouring it on. Melt wax, pour it on, layers and layers. See, this is these are the things that you wouldn't think about if you hadn't if you hadn't have told me. I'd be like, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I have mm-hmm. no idea. It's just so <laughs> it's so impressive. What what gave you the idea to start working with helmets? So I think there's two sides to it. So I made a performance piece in my MA about it, and basically my dad is more like of a mechanic guy kind of thing like used to like work at a bus depot and work to transport kind of stuff and the complete opposite of me uh-huh. in a way so a part of me wanted to take something that was a part of his world and then like kind of change it into my world but then on the opposite side a lot of my work in an artistic way is to do with kind mm-hmm. of like identity and when you put something on that can cover your face it kind of well most of your face you can kind of take on a new identity into what the the piece is in a way so there's two kind of ways there's like the, the one that i blabbed a lot to get a good grade in my <laughs> ma and then there's the one that's like oh they're just cool where am i on your head be who you want to be <laughs> that's fab though because it's kind of it's kind of like drag like not mm-hmm. me tying everything back to drag because that's my life but it's very much putting on a mask and adding mm. loads of sparkly bits. I mean, I'm, I'm completely playing down what you do because it takes you a lot longer to make what you make than it takes for me to paint your face. <laughs> but it's it's kind of a similar notion of, of putting on a mask and then still being able to express yourself on the outside and express the identity that you have within because the, the helmets that you have, they're very, very camp, very, very queer. Um, mm-hmm. And when yeah. you put them on, there is no level of masking that. It's still it's still there i kind of love that idea that's very very kind uh-huh. no they, they definitely um lend themselves to kind of like the drag like more more cloaked but yes. like definitely yes. into drag definitely absolutely well club, club kid comes under for me anyway it comes under the drag not what we know mm-hmm. is drag now um but i i am absolutely obsessed with that i love that which one of your helmets is your favorite <sighs> Um, I know it's like asking you to pick a favourite child, but <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, um, sometimes I have to think of them because I forget some of them. <laughs> because I'm like, I've got that many. Have a look around. Have a remember, have a scroll. <laughs> Literally, have a like, I have um, frames that they fit on, so they kind of, like, can go on the wall around the house. I would... Uh, it's tricky because I've got kind of, like, a love for the first one that I made because obviously it was the first one, but then I've got yeah. a love for the ones that have skyrocketed my career. I would have to say at the minute, it would have to be either the, it's got it's got to be free, so it's going to have to be the security camera one. A, a, a personal favourite of mine. The black and gold beaded one. Yeah. And then one that I need to photograph a bit better, I have one that's made out of pearls as well, so it's like two big like horns like that. Okay top three at this moment in time it can change but definitely if it's a security camera one and a black and gold one are fixed in the top two and do you ever wear them do you ever wear them do, or do you ever let anyone wear them out or do they ever leave the flat or they've left the flat to be worn for photo shoots or that kind of thing or being lent out to people as well but 
I haven't worn them yet on a night out or anything, but I really want to. But it's like that would be like a big kind of like step for me because I've done performance where it's been recorded. I've had control when I go out like I have no control. And also, if I'm going to wear them out, I need to make a head to toe look. Okay. Okay. So it needs to be a full, (laughs) it needs to be a full moment, not just the helmet. Uh Do you think, is that something that you want to do? Do you want to eventually expand so that it's not just a helmet and it is a full body moments? Oh, totally. I have on my iPad drawn every look for every helmet. No way. I just can't make them. (laughs) Do you sell or... I have a sewing machine. Okay, that's a start. I can show you. And this is like a visual thing. Um, well, obviously, it doesn't help on a podcast platform. So you can give me secrets and I can describe. No, I tried I tried to make a glove for the first time. Okay. And I was following a YouTube tutorial and I was like, okay, just like draw on your hand, that kind of thing. Mm. Okay, this is the glove. Okay, she's fingerless. <laughs> fingerless. <laughs> I don't think that's intentional. <laughs> The ri- my wrist doesn't go past the, like the the hand thing when it's in. It really didn't work out. Okay, but do you know what? As I've said before, you can work wonders with a glue gun. Uh huh. Definitely. So you're not shy of a glue gun. <laughs> I mean, like I, I brought a, a Singer sewing machine because I was like, right, I I there's so much more potential to my work if I could sew. Um, right. But it's just sitting there gathering dust at the minute. <laughs> do you know what it always does? And I think it, it takes a few goes. At, I'm saying this as if I sew well, which is not the case. My sewing machine is my grandma's and it's, I think it needs servicing, as do we all sometimes. <laughs> um, but after the first few of knocking fabric through it, I think I, I think it's completely within your power. And it's, mm-hmm. it, 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 I think it'll end up being something you'll be boss at. <laughs> I think it's more like the the measurements okay which are going to be like tricky you know like tailoring and that kind of thing but that's um, an easy remedy because once you get the pattern that fits you once you finally find it you've got your pattern then and you've got the totally you've got the measurements mm-hmm. set yeah and until that yeah. time i will glue gun a piece of fabric <laughs> it's a piece of fabric <laughs> absolutely absolutely that sounds amazing okay so going off what we were just talking about I wanted to discuss your Vogue cover, Miss Madam. Vogue Portugal, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Let's get into that a little bit because that, where did that, that seemed for me, it probably didn't come out of nowhere for you, but that seemed to come out of absolutely nowhere and very extremely on another level impressive. So tell me about it. Thank you. <laughs> um, It came out of nowhere to me as well. So this must have been back in so that it got published in September um but the whole process started in yeah. June so I just finished creating the helmet which was used for it which was um what I call fringe because mm-hmm. it's just basically rings around a helmet and then loads of gold laid yeah. fringe I just finished doing that and then I got hit up by this stylist on Instagram and they're saying oh would really like to use like this piece for an upcoming um like German magazine just like yeah random thing this is the first time anyone's ever reached out to me to, or, or anything so i was like okay it's the first time like i'll do it for free and like take on myself yeah. and then figure out like just have the experience of like going to a set with my piece that kind yeah. of thing so i went to stratford and went to these like uh photo studios with that one and then the one that's made out of feathers um which isn't end up using but then like yeah this is the one let's get this photo with this the the model and that took about 10 minutes and i was gone and i was like okay cool that was a cool experience good to 
for Sinoni. I was like, yeah, it's just for this like German magazine. Um, I'll keep you updated on like any changes and that kind of thing. I was like, cool, that's great. So I don't hear anything for a while. And then I hear back in maybe August and being like, oh, just so you know, it's not going to be in this German magazine, it's going to be in like Vogue Portugal. And I was like, okay, that's a bit of a, bit of a, like a, uh, up. <laughs> and, and then at that point, at that point, what are you thinking? Where does your like, mind go? I was like, okay, for like the first ever kind of professional exposure in like mainstream media. Like I worked with the ph- photographer, Darren Black. I don't want to like say that he's not a professional like mainstream media, but like compared to like a Vogue publication kind of thing, I was just like, well, yeah. wow, okay, it's going to be in Vogue. And then it was about an hour before it got published to, to buy and online. I got a message saying it's going to be on the cover. An hour before? Uh-huh. It was like... And you had no idea up until that point that it was going to be Yeah, I, I don't... Obviously, I'm not, like, in the publishing world, and I don't know if, like, it's, like, a, a point where they're, like, uh, it's between us or that kind of thing. But, yeah, they said, like... And then they messaged me saying it's going to be on the cover. And I was, like... I was at work at the time, and I was, like... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then I was just, like, having, oh, oh, my God. My so, like, God. I got home and ordered two copies and there was limited copies and, the, and all my family were ordering copies as well. And I had to pay like yeah. 30 quid to get them delivered to like the UK and I got like two copies and I was like, oh my God. And like even like the main copy, they've like embossed some of the fringe. So it's like kind of like in and it's like really like, oh my God. But the only, only thing that I really beat up myself about is I did that for free. Imagine how much, if, if I knew... Yeah. What I know now, like I could have made like a good sum of money if I knew that it was going to be on the cover of Vogue, but then I didn't know if they knew at that time they were going to be on the cover either. So, so do they not pay you in hindsight? So, if they say uh, Vogue want to use this picture, obviously you have the copyright to that picture because it's yours, or you they've used your piece. So, is that not something that goes into it? Is well, I did it for free, and you want to use it, so kind of money, please. <laughs> Or are you think are you thinking, oh, they might take it off? Um, because it was the first time, it was like, and I've, I've worked with stylists a lot more now, so I kind of like know the questions to ask before I say the okay that you can have it. For example, is there a budget, or yeah. like, what's your budget kind of thing? Is there any budget for? Because obviously, usually there's a budget for clothes, but this is like a budget for an art piece might not be like included in that kind of thing. Um, or I have like a rate that i now charge people to to lend them out so i've learned but i mean like i'm on the cover of vogue so like it was a good learning curve (laughs) i mean the only thing that i would think so a concept or a a situation that's often um tied to queer artists is that they get paid for exposure and as long as what you're telling me now Mm -hmm. is that you know you've you've learned I don't give a shit. If I was on the cover of Vogue, I'd be like, I will pay you. I will give you <laughs> money if you put me on the cover of Vogue or put anything to do with me on the cover of Vogue. But there is that element of not getting paid for it and they're paying you an exposure. And obviously that is something that we strive for in the queer community mm-hmm. is getting paid for what we do. So I'm glad that you've you've managed to work enough that you've figured, figured all that out as well. That's really good. Yeah, I think um, obviously... I'd, I'm not from the stylist world or like the publication world, so I don't know the ins and outs of what goes on. So, I I believe that they didn't they didn't know it was going to be on Vogue because obviously I don't know what it goes in the process of someone having these sets of photos and then going from one magazine to another. Do they like hand them out that kind of thing? So like it 
it could have been on the yeah. very, it couldn't have, but it just ended up being on it. And then, like, it's obviously helped me a lot to be like the first first time someone other than me has ever used my helmets to be absolutely, absolutely. like the cover of Vogue. I was like, God, this is setting me up for like a high to then go straight down low to whatever the next one's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so you say that it, you mentioned earlier that there there are there are helmets that have helped you skyrocket. This obviously is one of those uh, one of those helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of things have come after for you? What's happened since the cover? So I get reached out a lot by people a lot more. Um, I found that a lot of stuff just doesn't follow through. Either like they say, oh, I got this idea. It'll be okay. great. And I'm like, oh, cool. Just let me know the idea when you've got it, that kind of thing. And like some things just don't happen. Um, I have lent out more helmets. I'm starting to make money from it very slowly. Um, yeah. I think it's also kind of made me finesse my helmets after that one in a way it's made me think like some of the ones that i made previously are a bit if you handle them the wrong way they could fall apart so like a lot of them now i'm a bit more like okay i've got this helmet it's really obscure in size and like proportion of everything how can i make it so some things can be taken off so it's easier to like get to somewhere in a way so i'm starting to think smarter about more business minded yeah kind of like making things a bit more like easier to manage <laughs> but then some ideas you're like oh how am i going to manage that like making a bloody like heart that's like broken into on like the top of a helmet that's like huge and i can't take it off because i've used about 20 glue sticks on it <laughs> i can see it right there i can see it in the corner <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. very very camp that's coming out of halloween uh-huh it is like huge i mean that's like i released it on valentine's day and i thought okay next time next valentine's day i'll go out in it <laughs> i think you should i think the next step for the helmets is you wearing them but obviously that comes with the whole outfit and that's what you want to do with that they don't really suit like uh, uh t-shirt jeans kind no of it's not going down the pub for bingo is it really it's it's not the same <laughs> the only thing that like they've worn like the only thing that's ever been worn with them is like nothing so far most of the things that have been photographed in the vogue one yeah. was like nude and the ones that I've had like photographed in them have been nude and that kind of thing. So I think that's great though because at, at the point when you're taking those pictures and the and the preliminary uh, pre- preliminary like photo shoots for those helmets, the whole focus is the helmets. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. But the development, the way you're going, you want it to be a full moment. So I think for the be- for the beginning, for what you want to do right now, I think nude is great because it strips everything back and it means that your work is at the forefront of the picture exactly exactly um so is there anything that you i always ask everybody this just to sometimes it makes people reassess sometimes it makes people vocalize things that they've had in their brain um but is there anything that you want to do aside from the outfits because obviously you want to make them a whole look but is there anything further to that that you want to do um that either you haven't been able to do or you just haven't done yet i want the helmets and my Fashion designs. I want to have them all walk um, in London Queer Fashion Show. Yes. That's like one of my goals slash bucket list yeah. for them. I'd love to see them on like Drag Race. Oh my gosh. At some point. I think that would be like really great. I mean, I think that's very doable. Mm-hmm. Very, very doable. 
Are there any are there any queens that you would want to see wearing them? Hint, hint, one sat right here on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like you and Rain, um, I think... Money, no object. Fame, no object. What queen would you want to see wearing your... your or, or what public figure would you want to see wearing your helmets? <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but Bailey J. Mills just came to my head. <laughs> yes we love bailey J. absolutely absolutely i mean we can get you in touch with bailey if you want to get her wearing your helmets um she's a hometown girl she only lives up the road um no thank you uh, <laughs> no thank you um, i'm listening to halo i think as, as long as i'd be happy for any kind of like drag queen or king or anyone to kind of wear them that like perform in the art form of drag but someone who's like a fashion powerhouse or proper club kid, like I don't really see them like on the kind of stereotypical like pageant kind of vibe. It had to be like I'm like a punk, like not pageant, not day to day drag, yeah. like the yeah, the club kind of kids, like the you know, like the Bimini's, yeah. the Evies, the Rajas, that kind of thing. I see that. I think, I think, I think Bailey fits in that category as well. And I think I can see all of the mm-hmm. different helmets because I've seen her do shoots before with um, a couple of my friends and a few other artists as well. And I think you could quite easily pluck one of your helmets and pop them in a shoot with with them, and it would be it it would it would just fit so right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good choice. Very <laughs> very good choice. I was not expecting that from you. I was not. I was not. No, I love like. Um just like on a, a, a Bailey J. Neal type, I love how fresh their take on drag is. Absolutely. Like, it's just what a lot of people need in, like, such a kind of, like, what we see primarily in the in the public with drag. It's kind of like drag race and that kind of thing. But, like, she is... They're just, like, blowing it out of the park in the most funniest and coolest way ever. <laughs> I, think, I think they're doing what other people are scared to do. Yeah, 100% that's it as well. Take away all of the all of the crazy I, I don't I don't even know the word. But yeah, narcissism, that's it. So they're, they're taking away the narcissism and and like self-obsession with of drag mm-hmm. and just it's funny and they can do beautiful faces and beautiful looks. But they they just what they have is is at the core of what drag is they have they have it with Mm. or without a gorgeous human hair wig like they can turn up in a party city wig in a dress that they found at a charity shop in the same way that they could turn up in the most beautiful outfit and it would be exactly the same with the exact same reaction from the crowd and that i think that is what is so different about them Mm -hmm. definitely and like beauty is can get so boring as well just like mm. seeing a pretty person is just like give me something different and i think i, I want to make a point that it's not just because they can do and they do have successfully done beautiful and when i say beautiful like they give everybody oh, yeah, no, a run for their 100%. money uh, they, everybody's been running they're they, they're, they're walking now mm-hmm. <laughs> But what, but what they do is just so incredible. It's so outside of the box. And I think it, it's very in in the same wavelength with what you do and w- with your artwork as well. It's very on the same wavelength. I would, I take that as a very high compliment to be like kind of compared to Baby J. Mills. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You should take it as the highest compliment. You should. 
It's, it's very, very true. <laughs> I'll stand by that one as well. You're both an experience. <laughs> if the podcasts have episode titles, it'll be the experience. Oh, absolutely. And Bailey J. Mills is getting tagged as well. I'll make sure she sees it. And then I'll get you in touch <laughs> and you can work together on something. Thanks. And I want a little credit in the bottom. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, well, we are coming to the end of the of the podcast episode. Do you have anything else that you would like to talk about? Any any anything we haven't covered already about yourself or the world? I want to know how you got into Pokemon. Ah, the best question. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared though. I was like, "What are you going to ask me? No one's asked me any questions yet. No one's that brave." <laughs> Pokemon. I say that as I'm wearing my Umbreon slippers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> You've called me out. Um. Do you know what? I will say that it's one of the only things that I've taken from my brother. I don't often follow in my brother's footsteps. He is, he's, I mean, he's queer as well, but uh, only very recently in the last year. Most of the things that I do in life is the complete opposite of any of my family members. But with Pokemon, it was one of those things that he did it and I got the opposite game and there was always an opposite game for us to have 100 percent, me and my brother as well yeah so <laughs> i got diamond and he got pearl and then he got bored and i got all the rest of them <laughs> <laughs> but i just love it and also can we talk about the absolute queer icons in pokemon it's it's so camp. where do we start <laughs> pokemon is so camp mm-hmm. um and i would love to do a collab for the pair of us if i can pay you enough <laughs> is to do a helmet or a look that is pokemon based Oh my god. Give me Team Rocket. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't even know like where to start because there's so many different choices with that. I think that's what I love about it. Uh-huh. I'm like a huge fan as well and like I I was playing earlier today. I was just thinking I was playing I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you like how you got into it. <laughs> Absolutely. If you, I don't know whether you saw but earlier on this year I was doing when I was working in on on the on the canal street on the strip I, I used to take pictures of queens and then edit pokemon onto the onto the picture mm-hmm. and then i'd just post them on yeah and do you know what i got so much traction and so, so many <laughs> people messaged me and i was like this is such a weird thing to to gain an audience out of but it was just so <laughs> funny this is so camp and fun like what are you doing but i love it i don't even know what it is like the whole world <laughs> of like um pokemon caricatures and like that kind of like deep dive into instagram is like huge i, d- I don't think i realized how big it was mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, i think I'll, i would say there's there's elements of drag that i've done in the past not at the core of what i do and it's not my immediate influence but there are like looks that i've done that uh, have been kind of like had a nod towards the characters that i've seen on pokemon like there's there's one specific, my favourite character in Pokemon is from the Sun and Moon um, series. And she is, I think she's oh. wa- she's water type. And she's an absolute icon. Oh, um, as in a gym leader? Because they don't have gyms in Sun and Moon. They're just characters. They're just oh, characters. Yeah, they the, but she's yeah. my absolute favourite. Um, just most amazing outfit. It's blue and it's brown and it's it's just gorgeous. She has the most amazing hair. I just the characters in Pokemon have always been like I want to be them. <laughs> yeah, some of them like are so drag. Looking back, like Cynthia, Absolutely. and then like um, oh god, who else? 
Cynthia is the the gym leader in Pearl, Diamond and Pearl, yeah. right, with the purple hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, you cannot tell me she's not a drag queen. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. <laughs> that is what you need to make. Cynthia's hair. Oh my god! I told I told you about the hair one. It's completely like clumped up and like diseased in a cupboard somewhere. Like I ain't going near hair again. It was the worst decision of my life. I'm making you more issues by suggesting <laughs> suggesting these things. <laughs> no, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that Pokemon came from my brother. Definitely came from my brother, and it's been mm-hmm. with me ever since. I I have uh, an Eevee plushie, Umbreon slippers. I have a, an Eevee Lucian poster on my wall. Um, and I still play all the games. I'm invested for life. <laughs> Who's your favourite Pokemon? Off the head, go. Uh, uh, Milotic. I can see it. Yeah. Do you know Milotic? Yeah. Do I know Milotic? Come on. From the ugly fish to the beautiful snake. <laughs> and that is that is exactly why I like her. Because you need to work so hard to get her to be the most beautiful. She's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so wet. It's so gay. But <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love ones that you have to work hard for. Umbreon. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. who's your favourite? They're not as like queer as like those examples, but I'd have to say probably it's a toss up between like Sizzle or Espion. Espion. So my, so my, I always mm-hmm. call my boyfriend Espion because I'm Umbreon. And then there's those little um, anime <laughs> memes that they make. It used to be on Tumblr and Espion and Umbreon are like together, like hugging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she holds choice. a special place in my heart as well. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. What a great point to end talking about Pokemon. You just know how to how to get me going. Thank you for having um, me. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me in the safe house today. It's been absolutely lovely and I've been dying to get you on here anyway. It's been I've been talking about it <laughs> over a year now. Well, I'm glad we finally sorted it out. And I can't wait to like listen to all of the uh, new episodes as well. I remember when you said that season two is going to come. And I just like re-listened to all the old episodes. And I was like, oh, bless have you. <laughs> oh, I love them all. They're all my little babies. I just wanted to make sure that this one, I'm. there's more episodes. There's completely different people and loads of different types of creatives as well. So I'm really excited to get it all out as well. I'm so excited to hear them. Yes, and I'm excited to see more of your work as well. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want it oh. all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make a helmet piece for you, and then the fashion down, he- like neck down, will just be made out of helmets as well. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to put you through that. I wouldn't even dare. I wouldn't even dare. <laughs> you can pay for the helmet. <laughs> uh, she's. I think that's about time to wrap up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and I will speak to you very soon. Bye. Bye bye.